The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. working my tail off in these moments, man. And this right here is a monster. I'm telling you, it's different. Ladies and gentlemen, the big ticket, Walt Harris. All right, welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Um, we have uh, a pretty good show for you today, we hope. Matt and I always hope that we're going to cover, obviously, uh, UFC 249. We have Walt Harris, who is fighting Saturday the 16th. Of course, his Overeem fight which was canceled due to, you know, his personal tragedy. And then I believe it was rescheduled and because of the COVID virus has been pushed back. So I'm happy that those guys are finally getting to fight. Um, and also we have two of the Houston Astros who started an uh, MMA podcast. And uh, apparently they're huge fans, Carlos Correa and Lance McCullers Jr. I hope I'm saying Correa's name right. Oh. Um, so they have a podcast, and uh, they both play for the Astros. It'll be interesting to hear, too. Ooh, bas- basketball players. I'm excited. You know, that wrong sport. What? Wrong sport. Jimmy, I know it's baseball, but you guys just told me. I didn't. When I saw the that we had two ball players on, I thought they were basketball players. But yeah. I do not follow anything with a ball. But let me tell you, Jimmy, you know who got murdered this weekend? This guy in the picks. Well, oh, do you feel like a champion? I didn't want to say it's not about. I mean, look, anybody could be five and zero oh with near perfection. It's not important. You know who I'm upset with? I'm going to guess DeCastro. Yeah, how did you know that? Your he, game, DeCastro. He, he fought so well in the first, but then again, he had a broken toe or something. Matt, he's hurt. He got hurt when he got hurt when Hardy when Hardy checked a kick. So he broke his toe. So that little piggy, that little piggy cost him the fight. You're saying <laughs> this little piggy goes ow, ow, ow. Yeah, my winning purse, please. Sprained, sprained or broken. It was hurt because he stopped fighting, like being aggressive, and then the commentator said he might have heard it, and then he lifted his foot at the end to indicate like this is what the problem was. No, 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 no. Well, listen, I, I listen. I was so impressed when I saw him. You know, laying laying down those little sledgehammers, and he's a shorter guy, and he was throwing with bad intentions. I go, this is awesome. I'm a genius. I knew he'd win. Yeah. And then it reminds me of um, like if one of our fighters or if myself, uh, like in between rounds, like Longo would be like, you're letting this guy back in. You let him back in the fight. Yeah. That's what I would hear. 
From, and by the way, we're going to talk about some corner work. This, this, this. We're going to talk about corner work. Yeah, you can hear everything, right? I, I'll tell you. Uh, well, back to what Longo was saying. That's what he would say in a fight like, uh, like, like that, where you're so clearly winning, and then you let this guy back in. Let him back. And that's what he did. He, for whatever reason, if there might be a good reason, he broke his toe. He has a hurt. I mean, it's a fight. Listen, it's the hurt business. You're going to be hurt. He let him back in, and he never got started again. You've never seen a glimpse of what happened in that first round. you never seen it again. So it's like, and even to the point, he's, I mean, Greg Hardy, not for nothing. I don't expect you to be, uh, you know, Gordon Ryan on the floor, but that dude doesn't, if you see um, uh, DeCastro's core, doesn't look like he'd have a tremendous guard. So when he was laying on his back, Jimmy, I'm oh, just yeah. I know how I am on my back when I'm 30 pounds heavy. It's not, it's, you know, it's, it's yeah. not that way. So when I see them laying on the floor and Greg Hardy's all telling them to stand up, dude, but I mean, you're not going to get on block. I, a very, I'd be very shocked if he went in there and got fucking heel hooked. Why do you jump on him, settle into half going to beat the shit out of him? Here's what I think. Less Greg Hardy's lack of confidence on the floor. He figured, first of all, that guy was on the floor. My, my guess is DeCastro's on the floor because he was probably hurt and it took the pressure off his toe. So he probably wanted to – I'm guessing he wanted to stay down there. And Hardy might have taken that as this guy's got something I don't know about because well, he wants me down here. That to but, me is the lack of confidence on the floor. And, and at that point, he was having his way standing up. So I can understand. You yeah. know? But – I don't know that 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 raised a little. You might concern. be right, yeah. But Jimmy, how I'll tell you right now, I did not move from my. I was on my couch from six thirty till midnight. Every oh, I mean, moment, right? And this Fucking is what, you know what I did not miss. What the audience? I didn't miss the audience at all. I might prefer it. I know that sounds crazy. They're not, first of all, nobody's getting influenced by people booing or people standing up. That's not happening. You're right. You can hear the corner work it, during the round. You hear them. Like, you hear everything. I, I enjoyed it. I was totally I – was, I was not taking my eyes off the screen. I was listening to hearing what the corner work would say. And it doesn't, it doesn't hurt that uh, Joe Rogan – uh, Daniel Cormier and John Anik were fucking great. I enjoy those guys. They were it, great. It was good, dude. It was a listen. I don't know if I was just jonesing for a fight, but the whole fight card was fucking good, really good. It lived up to it. Amazing. And, uh, it was an interesting experience, but it nothing. I did not feel anything was taken away by not having an audience there. It's good. I I think that of all the sports. Because UFC, you know, you're focused in on the cage, on the fighters, and it's black behind it. You can see when the crowd is there, but it's so easy to focus on two guys fighting that, like, you know, wrestling uh, needs an audience because they play to the audience. And baseball, every shot has the fucking crowd in it. Football, the crowd is very apparent. Um, I, I, there's something about two guys fighting in a room that's black around them that this works, dude. And as, for as long as UFC needs to be without an audience – they will be fine without an audience. It's, hey, I, I like it with a crowd a little better just because it's fun to watch the cheering and Bruce Buffer. But uh, it did do it. It didn't ruin anything for me. These fights were what an amazing card. And we're going to we're going to do a little preview for the card on Wednesday. Also, obviously, yeah. we don't we have to talk anymore about that. Like, who who cares that I picked Cater? It, it, it doesn't matter. You picked, I picked him as well. Cater also. Yeah, I know you picked him closer than I did. Actually. But you know what's funny? And when you hear me pick him, I go stoppage in second, third round. I said second first, and then I stopped. We'll give I it to you. Third round, you know? No, I I'm not. Saying, I'm, I did not. 
listen, Jorgen gave that away. Let's let's call it. Yeah. He, he's going to kick himself tomorrow, man, because that there's things like that are going to go wrong in a fight. Yeah. And you can't point. No, I don't, nobody's going to give a shit what you try to point out. I heard right. Tony Ferguson had a broken orbital or some shit. Like Did I mean, he? that. I mean, we could confirm it, but that's what I was reading. You know, I mean, that dude. I mean, let's go fight. The, you want to start? Wow. Pop. And we also got the baseball guys coming on. Fucking what is it? We got what's that podcast called? I actually don't know. I just know okay. that they're, well, they're baseball guys, but they yeah. like they like MMA and they're doing a podcast. They're coming on later, so we could go more into depth in all the fights when they call. Also, House sure. of the Walkout podcast. The host. Oh, sorry, host of the walk. I have my glass on. The Walkout. It's called. Okay, the Walkout. Um, listen, where do you want to start? Where Dude. do you want to start with this? Well, we could talk about the Nganu fight in real time. Uh, if you want to. Uh, I was wow. not surprised Dude. at all. But the, he blitz he blitzkrieged fucking Rosenstrike. And I wonder if that leg kick had anything to do with it. Francis got kicked. And I wonder, because Jarzinho Rosenstrike can kick. And I wonder if he felt that leg kick and just thought, fuck this. I'm not going to stand here and get, let this guy beat my legs up. I don't think he gave a shit. I, I think he went in there throwing just, I mean, bombs. I mean, anything that connects, you could be technically a better striker and, yeah. and hit the guy five times to his one. His one will decapitate you. That's the problem here. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and I'll tell you, he's so explosive where even guys that are explosive with, with the grappling, Curtis Blades, um, uh, Cain Velasquez, they can't even get a hold of him because yeah. he just, I mean, he touches them. They're going flying. I mean, this guy is just, so anyway, first of all, what a sweetheart. He's, <laughs> he's a, a nice, lovely he's guy. A, he's a lovely guy. He's a, you would never think, like, see, my wife doesn't watch and she's watching. She goes, oh, is he, how is he, when you talk to him, is he cocky? I go, not at all. No. The opposite. You just want to give him like a hug, you know? And by the way, Jimmy, I can't wait to hug you, man. I miss you. I miss you too. I know this whole social distancing thing. You better get over that quick when I see you, pal. I will. I, I will absolutely. And I believe it. Matt, I'm not even going to mention that I said first round and you said second round. And and like when we hug, what do you think I'm going to do? I'm going to go. I picked Sohudo by second round stop. Who gives a shit? It's not about that. The best is Jimmy. I put this shit on my Instagram. The picks. The last time I'm doing it. <laughs> oh wow. It's it's as if you picked it's a he's like wow uh, some people that are just chiming in like the yeah, like like he the they're like you got you first of all you destroyed me in it so they did both our picks and they're like man you should have just listened to your buddy and all the chiming in and I'm just like ah fuck you I'm the former champ me sorry yeah. Jimmy I'm sorry let's let's get that erased from the uh. The podcast. Then. No, no, no. Everybody knows, and they should I hear it from from down. you. Break down like that. You're the but, former okay. champ. They should hear it from you. Holy shit! Can I not pick them? But listen, man. well, Cruz, I don't know about. I, I, I kind of agree with the stoppage. Um, I think he recovered quickly, but he looked really hurt for 11 unanswered shots, and his arms were out to the side. And I know he was just trying to scramble and get up, but he looked very hurt to me. Um, it's, it's rough with that. Now I know that Keith Peterson. I don't yeah. know if I, I, I told you this before. Yeah, yeah. The guy grew up around the literally around yeah. the block from me. I know yeah. that forever. And he's an honest, good guy. Yep. You know what I mean? He's not in there for any kind of spotlight or any kind of controversy. Uh, I believe he went to break it up when he was still on the floor. And as he's stepping in, Cruz is coming up. So it's like, yeah, I understand. But he made the decision to stop it already. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, anything in hindsight, say, like, yeah, but look, he's getting up. Yeah, but he already made the decision to come in. So he's coming in and he's getting so I I, I understand both sides' points. Yeah. It's like, hey man. Like even Joe Rogan at the end was like, you know, Dom, that was uh, you know, what, what you know, I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, look, you know, what do you think about the eleven unanswered shots type of thing? Yeah. You know? And then Dom's like, Well, Joe, that's that's part of the game. You yeah. know? And uh, you could tell Joe was you know, trying Joe likes him. So you could tell Joe is trying to you know, he knew that Dom was really hurt. He had just lost and, and he was trying not to be too aggressive with it. And it's hard. It's hard for Dom at that point to say, of course, he's going to say, well, that's part of the fight game and it's not. But, uh, you know, yeah, that's that's part of the fight game when when they usually step in to break it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> when the guys have a bunch of unanswered questions, unanswered shots. You know what yes. I mean? Yeah, uh, he, looked hurt. he looked hurt to me. And, and again, I, you know, I'm a big Dominic Cruz fan, so. I didn't want to see him take more punishment than he had to take. Uh, it, it, it was rough. And what do you think about uh, Triple C walking away? I don't believe it. You know, you know what? It, when I when he was saying it, I didn't believe it. I don't believe in the moment. Like, I don't just, believe it. Uh, you know, uh, a tactic maybe to make some uh, more cash. But my thing is, I don't know, man. He said when he walked away from wrestling, he was done. And – I don't know. I mean, what else does the guy really got to prove, to be honest? Nothing. This is the UFC. This is a much bigger thing than wrestling. And this is his career. And he's 33. And not only did he just win, he beat one of the greats of all time without really taking any damage. He took no damage at all. So there's no way a guy I don't I don't believe the emotion behind it. It was not emotional uh, at least from what I was watching, I don't know Henry. Uh, well, my, my thing, yeah, my thing, Jimmy, is uh, it would have been a little bit of more of an emotional moment with an audience there. That's when an audience would have been yeah, better. Where maybe. they would have been like, no, well, wait, or cheering. So it's kind of like you get crickets. Like, hey, I'm walking away from the game. There's nothing going on. So it's kind of weird because I don't think we've really seen that before. You know what I mean? Because usually when people are leaving the gloves in there or saying they're done, you know, you have the audience, oh, man, and then. And it is funny sometimes when Joe or who in there and they're like, all right, and they they go to announce the winner. Ladies and gentlemen, I think he was fucking around at some point with that. It's I'm just the whole no crowd thing is just uh, something to get used to. But yeah, it didn't bother me at all. But I think it would have been a more no. of an emotional moment if there was a crowd. You might be right. Yeah, maybe I'm not thinking. I'm not considering that. Um, I, I, you know, maybe we can wait for our first two guests to discuss. Now, who's on first? I don't know who's on first. If it's uh, Walt did Harris I, or did I, uh, did I mention Ryan Spann who defeated Sam Sam Alvey? Uh, we found him on Looking for a Fight. Dana White uh, looking for a fight that's available on YouTube. It's a fun show, Jimmy. It sure is. A million hits, easy every time. Yeah. But yeah, I, I was watching. I go, this guy looks familiar. I go, oh shit, that's what we we found that guy yeah. on the show. So uh, and he looked great, man. And Sam Alvey, dude, what about that head and arm choke? That Ryan Spann had on on uh, Sam Alvey from standing. I've seen it done like that before. Yeah. I thought he was going out when that was going on. It was sick. You said, and all of a sudden you see the ref. It was like it was like out of a horror, horror movie because then you hear the ref going like, "Give me, you know, show me you're okay." So you see Sam Alvey, who's already red, turning redder and like smiling like a psychopath. Yeah. Dude, it was <laughs> it was a moment. And when he got out of that, I was like, "Holy shit, man!" I was worried about Span's arms, and uh, I thought, I thought, uh, I thought Sam Alvey was gonna be going to sleep with a smile on his face. Uh, Vincente Luque looked awesome, uh, yeah. and Nico Price was in the he was in the fight. Yeah, you know, and uh, I like how he doesn't get discouraged. Nico Price, 
when things aren't going his way and he's uh he's still in there putting a foot in your face and and then having a flurry where he's all over you yep. but i'll tell you vicente luque he, he's a killer man he's yeah. a guy that's 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 a very um very dangerous striker and he's got such night and he's got such crisp technique you know what i mean working with him yeah. i loved it yeah and there was a uh what doctor stoppage because of the eye right yes yeah bryce mitchell defeated charles rosa who we both had on the card and yeah. let me tell you something wow yeah i thought it was going to be more competitive uh and i'm not shitting on charles first of all it's a great fighter props, right? yeah. props to charles Great fighter, and a lot of other fighters weren't weathering any of those storms. That's right. He, he was in from a very first of all, holy shit. He was he was in bad position to a tight submission to getting out of a tight submission to a bad position, and that was the story of the fight. Yeah, he was dominating positionally. And then when when he would try to when Charles Rose would try to scramble out from Bryce Mitchell, Bryce Mitchell would sink on a head and arm choke. Oh my goodness, how many twister attempts were there? How many twister attempts were there, Jimmy? It was I could I'm like he's gonna get another one. Listen, he's going I, to get another one. If not, in his upcoming fights, we will see my prediction. We will see more than one in the next year of him getting one. I swear to God, he's gonna get it, Jimmy. Because Charles Rosa got out of some. I mean, I'm telling you, eight out of ten guys, some guys are real good in jiu-jitsu, but yeah. eight out of ten are, are tapping in that or getting caught in that twister or any one of them. Yeah. He was, dude, I'm telling you, this is the deal, Jimmy. Uh, you know I'm a jiu-jitsu man. You know yes, I love jiu-jitsu. Yes, you are. Through and through. I, I love watching jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu in combat. In the UFC used, I I can watch the sub grappling like and, and the jiu-jitsu tournaments, but I but I, I it loses my interest. I like it when if you lose a position or you lose a sub, it makes a difference with you. All right, now I now I can get elbowed in the face. Now you know what I mean. Bryce right. Mitchell got out of that fight clean. I mean he looked good, and he it was like dude. Some what somebody had a 30-24, I believe. It was it was such yeah. a beautiful display of jujitsu versus a guy Charles Rosa who's a very good jujitsu uh, black belt. I mean, look what he did. Look how he just took out um, Manny Bermudez, and Manny yeah. Bermudez is a good ground guy, and he took him out with an arm bar on bottom. He was predicting to take Bryce Mitchell's arm home with him. Yeah, he did. Not up, not up in here. That you was. I don't think there was one moment in that fight, as good as Charles Rosa is, that he was actually ahead. There was one decision he made. I don't know if it was in the second or the third, where he seemed like he was having a little success standing, and then he just got too close. And I'm like, I didn't know why he did that. I, I, I was He made one weird decision. Maybe, again, spur of the moment in a fight. It's easy for me to say watching it, but yeah. I thought he got like he should have tried to stay away a little longer, and he let himself get wrapped up. Listen, his fight IQ will grow. He will, you know, you know, gain. Um, uh, he will gain. He will take a couple steps back. Hopefully, to take a whole bunch forward from this. Sure. When when I see a guy like who has a good guillotine, like Aljo has a great guillotine. When he fought Brian Caraway, he actually went to guard with a guillotine. It cost him that round, possibly the fight. You understand? In a very close fight. So because what happens is, like, if you're used to tapping guys with that in class, uh, if you don't get it, it doesn't really, you know, then you, you keep going. Maybe you'll get him in a guillotine later. 
but the thing is this: in a five minute, in five minute rounds, and you're fighting in a, in a, in a situation like this, uh, in an MMA fight, you one loss of position could end the fight, lose yeah. a round, that's and right. put you on bottom. And that's not what you want. You know right. what I'm saying? So you really have to know when it's like Verdum when he fought uh, Cain Velasquez. When Cain Velasquez shot in deep and he had his neck, it's like when he knew, yeah. he knew going down that this dude's tapping. So unless you feel like you, all right, I've had guys like this a thousand times before in training, hundreds of times, thousand times. I know this guy's going to go to sleep. I got him right where I want him. But he would get him around the neck. And when he'd go to guard, he was when he'd go down, he wasn't achieving guard. He'd get a lot of times half guard. So you don't have the same leverage on it. So now, yeah, you might have his neck, but your lower half's not where it should be. And a guy who knows the floor like Bryce Mitchell is just not going to get tapped from Right. Him. And now you've got a savage on top of you who knows the ground game, and he's making you pay for it. You know what Didn't I mean? Didn't it seem to like Verdum against Olenek? Uh, I, I thought he went for uh, a guillotine a couple of times. He was going for a couple of chokes, but Olenek was so good and so strong, and and he did such a good job defensively um, against a bigger. You know, Verdum outweighs him by about seventeen pounds. Oh, this is my thoughts on that. Olenek, first of all, holy shit! I could have went to high school, with both guys. They're not yeah, bad. they're both forty-two. I believe uh, Verdum's forty-two. I know what the other guy is. I know Olenek is. Olenek, let me tell you something. First of all, he looked in great shape. He looked in better shape than usual, I'm going to say. And I think Verdum looked in worse shape than usual. He looked soft around the middle, and he looked a little flabby. I mean, he's never a guy that's super ripped, but he didn't. And I think, I don't know if he had enough respect for Olenek. I don't know what kind of MMA math he's doing. Maybe he's thinking, all right, Walt Harris, who's going to be on soon, smoked Olenek in the last fight. Look what I did to Walt Harris with my jiu-jitsu. You know what I mean? And he thought he, I maybe thought he was going to play with this guy standing up. Yeah. I, Although Harris had no time to. No, that's uh, true. That Wasn't that like literally within a week he had taken that fight? No, it was, no, very, no, it was within, I think it was the same day. Type oh, of the day before. Okay, it was really close. Yeah. But it just shows you how, I mean, and he looked like a beast since yeah. then, Wolf Harris. You know what I mean? Especially with his destruction of Olenek, who looked pretty good last night. Uh, a couple nights ago. That's right. You know? But I feel Verdum, since we're talking about that fight, I think Verdum went in there thinking he could do whatever he wants until he found out he couldn't do whatever he wants. Yeah. So then plan B, which should have been plan A, is to make it a grappling match. He's on a different level, jujitsu-wise, than Olenek. The problem is you get an exhausted – I don't know what belt he is, but let's just say this. You get an exhausted black belt going with a good purple belt who's not as exhausted – you're going to see a big difference. Like right. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm just saying in, in class and whatnot. So you get a – now, Verdum crapped out first because it wasn't going – whether it was the strikes that Olenek landed, which he landed some decent ones, or just the anxiety of saying, all right, I, this is not what I expected standing up. Now, it's either him getting anxiety from not landing what he wanted standing up and not going his way. By the time he wanted to make it a jiu-jitsu match, he was dominating him, but he looked already weathered. He looked already weathered. If yep. he, could, I, he had a better shot of going in there, doing a flying knee, getting on his back, and just starting from there. Because he would have got a reversal. He would have been on top. If he was on top, I mean, that, that Kimura almost finished Olenek. From, remember that Kimura that Verdum had on him? I don't know. How uh, he, yes. Maybe yeah. He, oh, God, yeah, that was close. Yes. He had, well, Olenek had to go to his back. To, to He had to give up the mount. He had to give up being on top to go to his back or else that arm's getting broken off. And he did it. 
So he knew enough. He was not on the same level in jujitsu as Verdun. Totally different levels, Jimmy. Yep. And you've seen it. But when you're so exhausted where you can't keep the back, when you have both hooks in and you're like, all right, this guy's turtling up. This is – it's, it's tiring to keep somebody in if you're weathered. So he's just like, screw this. I'm just going to get back up. He was not – He. I'm telling you, I think Verdun looked pretty bad. bad worse I've ever seen him. And uh, Olenek had – you know, he should be he should be happy with his performance because well, – Olenek came in – you're right, Matt. He was in better shape than normal. He looked smaller than normal. Um, and Verdum had that two-year layoff, and it's like maybe maybe he lost the weight on purpose. Going, I, I'm going to outspeed this guy because Verdum's just going to try to lay on me, and I'm not going to let him. You know, listen, hindsight's 2020. 20. Verdum's got had improved striking over the years, but man, he did not look in shape to me for any yeah. number of the reasons we were talking about. Anxiety with the stand-up, it's not going his way. Uh, by the time he wanted to make it a jiu-jitsu match, he had like half a tank, if less. You know what I mean? So and he was still doing he's still dominating him on the floor, you know. So that's a yep. frustrating one. That's gonna be a frustrating loss for Olenek because it's like a fight that he should have that Verdum literally should have and could have won. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. I don't think we've ever had two guys in the same uh, window like this. It's so much easier than doing two different windows. I wish every guest was like this. It's great. It's the first time for everything. Like, I called uh, Justin Stubby Ferguson oh for God. the first time ever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you did call it. I called oh, for yeah. a win, but not, not a stoppage. I said he was going to knock him out. Brett told me that Tony's never been knocked out. I said I was aware of that, but this was going to be the first time. What do you think happened to Tony in that last round? He got he got hit, and he had taken such abuse, and it looked like he almost stutter stepped. Like he did something that looked abnormal for a guy. Like there was something in his eye, but his yeah. head. That's where the orbital bone went, right? Yeah. yeah. That was That's probably the... it. Yeah, yeah that was, that was just probably the pain. I don't think. Uh, Trying to shake it was... loose. Yeah, I've, man, who knows what the hell that feels like? I know what punching, getting punched in the in the face feels like, but yeah. you have your orbit, I, I, the orbital bone. That's got to suck, That's man. Serious. And, you know, he's, he's, uh, he might not seem human. He might seem like a, like a, like he's not human with the shots he takes, but yeah. shit, man, at the end of the day, there's only so much you could take. I've never and seen by that the way, guy. I should introduce you guys. Sorry. Carlos Crea and, uh, Lance Pickmullers Jr. of the walkout podcast. I didn't even say your name. Sorry, guys. I think Lance just, wa- I think Lance, wa- Lance yeah, walked that, out of the podcast. Just yeah, <laughs> the, the computer is, is running low on battery. So he, he went to look for the charger. Oh, that's oh, okay. Hey, 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 there he is. Lance, walk back man. in. <laughs> let me let me ask you guys. So you're both baseball players. How did you get into 
How'd you get into this with the MMA podcast? Well, I fell in love with uh, boxing when I was five, six years old because of Felix Tito Trinidad. Um, I'm from Puerto Rico, uh, so the whole family would get together. And the energy, the passion that everybody showed with those fights was unbelievable. I fell in love ever since. Then MMA came in, Anderson Silva came into the UFC in the mid-2000s. Chuck uh, Liddell, the Iceman. Um, Anderson Silva was throughout that 16-fight winning streak at the time. I fell in love with him. He was one of my favorites at the time. And I've been watching MMA and boxing ever since. Yeah. Do you guys train at all? Either one of you guys train? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we mess around. I mean, it, it's tough because, you know, we got I got to be careful with my hands especially. And uh, I've, I've had uh, some, some arm injuries over the years. So got to be careful. But um, we both have fun, man. We, we, we both enjoy it. What do you guys uh, train? We, we hit we hit the heavy back. We we work the mitts. So I hold the mitts for him. He holds the mitts for me sometimes. Um, we go in the octagon, you know, and, and, and we do some wrestling and stuff with the coaches. Um, we, we love all this stuff, man. We, we're really passionate about this sport. You know what I mean? So it's baseball. It's the sport that we play. But the sport that we love to watch it's is MMA. MMA. Yeah. How do you think as ball players too? Because like like I think MMA or UFC is going to be probably the easiest sport to adapt to no crowd. Um, baseball, it's like every shot has the crowd in. So maybe for you guys, it won't make a difference. Just the viewer. Do you think people are going to have a hard time adapting to nobody being in any of the, the shots? I don't know, man. We absolutely loved watching that fight a uh, couple of nights right. ago with with no one in the stands. I mean. You, you did kind of like, you know, the, the energy was with the crowd and maybe you missed like the big oohs and ahs. But be able to hear like the be able to hear Joe and be able to hear D.C. and John so, so clearly weird. and being able to hear the corners. And yes. we've been to a couple of fights in person and we've very fortunately got to sit close. But unless you're sitting close in those fights, you don't get to hear some of these leg kicks and some of these connections these guys are making. So when we were at home the other night. Being able to hear those, it took us back to like seeing it in person, and, and yeah. I, I loved it. We and, we talked about today how much we love watching that fight with nobody there. And DC helped some of the guys with with, with his coaching while he was commentating. Uh, <laughs> yeah, some of the guys are saying he could they could hear DC, so DC is the man, man. At one point, DC is like, you know, they could hear us. They could hear us. <laughs> yeah. <man." laughs> Lance, uh, Lance, how did you get involved with with uh, the? The mixed martial arts you started watching early on too or i did so actually my first neighborhood growing up there was a um his name was hank mcleod uh he was a heavyweight boxer back in the in the 90s he has about five pro fights things like two and three maybe one knockout but he lived in my neighborhood so just from an early age watching him train he had a big uh gym in his garage so i kind of started mixing it up with him his son was my age and um i just fell in love with it i really loved like oscar de la hoya growing up and um, got into the MMA, very similar to Carlos. Really, I beat him, by the way. Huh? <laughs> I, know, I, know, I, know. I still think Oscar. I still think Oscar pulled it off against uh, against Pretty Boy close. Floyd. But um, yeah. I I just really fell in love with MMA right when like Chuck Liddell started getting big. I kind of made the transfer over, and then we got drafted together in 2012. And um, we didn't really know each other that well then, but we 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 kind of bonded over the fight game. We've watched pretty much every fight together. Um, since about 2012, 2013. Isn't it funny? A guy like Hank McLeod, who's two and three, it's not a, a particularly noted career, you know, but he literally could kick the shit out of everybody in the neighborhood he lives in. Like oh, it, it, man, this guy was massive. <laughs> he was a big heavyweight. Oh my gosh, he was huge. What do you think of the possibility? I, I've liked Cormier, and I mentioned this to Rogan. He goes, no, Cormier's a friend. I don't want this to happen to him. But I would love to see Cormier and Ngannou 
And that's being talked about if Stipe isn't ready to fight. I think that would be a very, very interesting matchup. Will you let me dive in on what I think? Yeah. Yes. Go ahead. All right. So I think there's levels to this game, right? Obviously, we all, we all know that in the in the MMA sport. Um, and Gano, as, as good as he's looked and knocking everybody out, you can see that his striking is not very technical. It's more of a wild, um, loopy punches that he throws. Um, if you see that sequence he threw against Rosenstrike, Cormier is going under double leg. He's going to take him down and he's going to pin him for 25 minutes. I think he needs to do a better job of being more tight with his punches, be more technical because a uh, great wrestler like Cormier, I think he's going to have no chance. And I know he beat Curtis Blaze, who's uh, also a great wrestler. And Velasquez. And, I, and, I, and Velasquez, and he got him with some good punches. But I think DC, his experience, his expertise, how long he's been fighting the best of the best, I think DC is going to pull it off. I give yeah. DC a chance against anybody, except for the fact that he's a little bit older now. Like, he's really good at kind of grabbing a fist and covering distance by doing that, like the way he did against Jones uh, or even against Stipe for a while. He just frustrates you. But I don't know if you can do that against Francis. Like, I don't know if that method of just kind of peppering the fist works, works against Ngannou. But that's why I'd love to see it, because if DC puts him down, Francis is not getting back up. Uh, if, if he tries to strike with Ngannou, he's going to get KO. He so he's got to go for the takedown from the first second of the fight. What do you think, Matt? <laughs> Well, I mean, he knows that also, but yeah. uh, this is this is a fight you'd have to look to to really see what, you know, what it could resemble. It would be uh, Daniel Cormier versus Anthony Rumble Johnson, mm-hmm. who's uh, if you have to look at anybody that you could compare some power to, it would have to be Rumble Johnson. Yeah. Up in, I mean, I'm going to say Francis is even more powerful, but Rumble's got those smoother punches that you're talking about, Carlos. He does punch mm-hmm. correctly. Mm-hmm. And DC still was able to weather a storm and take him out. No offense to Rumble Johnson. He's the type of guy that he'll shoot his load and then he's not exactly in the uh, – He's in that quick tap club. He'll be like, all right, I tried. And like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's my neck. Take it. I tried to have it out. You don't give a shit. I mean, that's just the way I see it. Uh, the, th- the thing, though, Carlos, is I, I agree with you that the technique with Francis could be tightened up a lot. But do you remember, I don't know if you ever watched Pride back in the day, the Pride fights. Do you remember a guy named Bob Sapp? No, I don't remember okay. Bob Sapp. I'm but, 25 years old, just for the record. <laughs> well, listen, well, you could be my kid, basically, Carlos. But listen, well, now, since you're in the, the, the MMA business, I'm going to give you some fights to look up. Check out the Bob Sapp versus uh, Ernesto, Ernesto Hoost. That was like a kickboxing match, I believe. Ernesto, way better as far as um, the striking goes. World class. It He still got overpowered. But, I mean, Francis, who is a clean fighter, he possesses that power. So even with a better striker... Could outlane him five to one. That one is gonna. It could just totally void out those five. You know what I mean? He's that powerful. He went in there giving zero fucks and just went in with a flurry. He missed the one left hook. It didn't matter. He was with the chin up. Also, we talked. We talked. Yeah, we were breaking the fight down a little earlier because we're doing our, uh, our 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 recap today. And, you know, we, we said, like, Francis went in there. Like you said, no fucks given, man. He went in there and he was like, I'm taking it to this guy no matter what. This guy's got, I got lighting in his hand just like I do. 
But um, I think he overwhelms guys, and I think that that could be something DC that to be careful about because he's not going to be able to sit there like he does with Jones and pepper the right. hand. Jones is much more reserved. He wants to pick his shots, especially now he's getting a little older. He can stand and trade with Francis. That Francis is going to come at you. That's that's the way he wants to do it ever since he kind of like lost to Lewis and those hands wouldn't fly. I think he's just going after guys now. Yeah, when you look at him, like besides the wrestlers, he did beat a boxer in, in, in uh, Dos Santos. And uh, you know, so, and now you know, a, a kickboxer like Rosenstrike, like he seems to be leveling everybody the same. But when he goes in, kind of flailing like that, e- even if you're going to capitalize on that, you still might have to take one. You still might have to take one in order to capitalize on that. I would love to see a rematch for Stipe. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? That's what I would love. Stipe yeah, took some know? good punches of of Francis and and, and yep. kept coming. So, um, you know, not everybody can can be knocked out. You know, what I mean, we saw that. Um, yesterday, Ferguson, you know, even though the, they stopped the fight, but he was not going down with those bombs that Justin Gagey was dropping. And the last three fighters that Gagey faced, they were out cold. Yeah. They didn't even know where they were. Now, what did you think, because I, I got my thoughts on it, but I want to hear you guys, of Dana saying that he didn't want to take anything away from Gagey, but he did mention that he felt that Tony looked slow and maybe the cutting away twice in a month wasn't good for him. And no. he said he looked a little bit slow and whatnot. Again, taking nothing away from Gaethje. That's what. what what's your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, we kind of talked about, like I said earlier. I think this should be more of a of a conversation of of the amazing fighter that that we literally saw Gaethje like turn into uh, the other night. I mean, he put it all together. He put his conditioning together. He put he was more patient. He was much more. Uh, he was he was picking his shots a little better. And you know, Tony, he's 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 a grown man. You know, you gotta you gotta live and die with your decisions. And he decided to do that. I don't. I don't know if he thought because he was on the on the Ultimate Fire, the Tough series, they cut weight very often. But Carlos put, brought up a good point. You don't fight guys like Justin Gaethje, uh, you know, during the Tough series. So um, he mentioned maybe the weight cut and the long camp fighting for Khabib. But I thought this was just a masterclass by by Justin. He got saved by the bell at the second, you know, maybe ten or fifteen more seconds. Yeah. Having a different conversation. But those first two rounds. Uh, Tony was able to weather the punches and weather the weather the legs, weather the chopping the wood. After that third round started getting going, those those, those headshots, those, those shots to the legs, it started adding up and just became too much. But the, I think that Justin wins that fight many times um, with the way he fought him the other night. The reason I, I put all my money on Gaethje was because when I break down the previous fights from Gaethje and I break down the previous fights from from Tony, you know, Tony beat Cerrone, a guy just on a four fight losing streak. He beat Pettis, uh, he's won five out of the last 13. He beat Kevin Lee, who's lost four out of the last six. And these guys were not at the top of the division at the time. Um, they fought Tony. Um, he's getting tagged by these guys in the first round. So he obviously, we all know he's a slow starter. But the way that he'll fight, keeping his chin up when he was breaking and going back. And then I look at Gaethje after he fought Poirier with, uh, with Trevor Whitman telling him, hey, you can still be the same exciting fighter um, without getting hit as much. And you see him fight James Big. You see him fight Barbosa. You see him fight Cerrone. He's more of an in-and-out type of guy, picking his punches better. And when I see Tony getting tagged so much by these guys, the level of Gagey is not the same as the other guys he faced. So that's why yeah. I picked Gagey. Uh, Jimmy, I was only going to say that I was amazed at Gaethje's patience, like the fact that he didn't rush in. Like there was a couple of times he had Ferguson hurt. And this is why I credit Gaethje more than thinking Tony was slow. And he didn't rush. It's like he knows how well 
uh, Tony is in those situations. You notice how well he – and he just didn't rush. And I thought he probably could have TKO'd him a little bit earlier, uh, but I think he wanted to play it really smart, and he avoided rushing in, at least on two different occasions I can remember. And I was like, wow, he's really being patient, um, almost too patient. Listen, uh, yeah, yeah. well, that's a lot of uh... – a lot of credit goes to Trevor Whitman. I want to bring up the corner work in a second because mm-hmm. that's very that was crucial in this fight. Yes. But uh, I agree with Carlos here. I feel that was Tony Ferguson. Now, listen, in the fights that he's winning, he does absorb punishment. And that's part For of his sure. biggest attributes is that he's able to take it. And then people like shit, man, like Lando Vendata, uh, he was landing on him like crazy in that first round. Yeah. But Tony, he breaks guys down. Uh, part of not being able to do that to Justin was, like you were saying, Carlos, is the levels and is he was patient. He didn't fight him the same way he fought. Justin Cagey did not fight him the same way he fought Eddie Val- Alvarez and, Ju- and Dustin Poirier. 100 percent. He became the complete it, fighter right in front yeah. of our eyes. He made the adjustments. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, so when when Dana says that, man, he thought that it was. You know, and again, he wanted didn't want to take credit away from Justin, and he thought that Tony didn't really look himself. I thought he looked himself. I thought yeah. he I thought he does that in every one of his fucking fights. Yeah. Oh, what about him turning the back? And, yeah, he does that. He's wacky. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he does uh, the Bruce Lee, <laughs> yeah, the powder yeah, and everything. He was getting in. He was I know, smiling. I think, it, was, it, was, it was it was Tony, man. It was Tony. Justin was just a master class performance in the biggest fight of his life, and in no way you cut it. Other than maybe adding 20 seconds to the end of the second round, uh, Gaethje dominated almost every aspect of that entire fight. Did you he was hitting them clean too. They were clean. They shot. were loud on like TV. They were, I was saying there was no yeah. crowd. They were loud. I was. We posted a reactions video just from like the front, and I'm like grabbing my hair. I'm. I'm I can't watch. It was tough for. I'm a Ferguson fan, man. I was. I was willing him to win this fight, bro. And it was we a all tough Tony, scene man. for me. We all love Tony. And now that you bring up the Poirier and Alvarez fight. If you look at that, those fights, even though he lost and he had a different style, he just wanted to get hit and keep going and giving the fans the best fight ever. Alvarez and Dustin had a tough time walking out of the octagon. He was picking those legs apart. And you're talking about this guy. You, you look at Eddie Alvarez's physique, and he's put together. He's so strong. Justin Gage is put, um, Dustin Poirier is put together. Tony Ferguson is more of a smaller, uh, lightweight. He's skinny. He's, he's, he's slim. Um, those leg kicks, man. They just were too much. I mean, this is what I liked a lot in this fight, and this stands out to me. And it's good that we brought up those two fights. The last round, the corner work with Trevor Whitman. Holy shit! Now listen, I'm getting goosebumps. I swear, <laughs> me too. I, I swear to God, I'm getting goosebumps. Look at my hair on my helm. It, it's it's something. There was they were connected. The other corner, and I don't want to. I'm gonna no, get. Please, I'm gonna get shit from. I'm gonna no, get shit from. <laughs> I'm gonna get shit from my coach Ray Longo because this might be from him because I was just talking to Ray Longo because we were talking about the corner work and he said, "Look, they were, there was connect and then there was disconnect in Tony's corner." And I'm not sure. I'm friends with Eddie Bravo. I'm not shitting on him. He would have been way better utilized if he was fighting Habib Tony because yeah. it was not. So you look into. I didn't see any urgency. In the yeah. corner of Tony Ferguson, when he's down, how many rounds? Right after that you, first round, they're afraid of him. They they're came fucking, back. I'm not being a dick. I think, listen, just like this guy, Tony, he's a, he's a wild man. He rehabbed his own leg. He didn't get it done by a physical, uh, <laughs> a, a sports guy. You know what I'm saying? This guy, nobody Six in the corner, nobody in the corner is gonna tell him what the fuck to do. And that's what I seen in that. I mean, yeah. you have Eddie Bravo asking for a, a, a Minari role. 
How about an Eminari role in a in the, in the third, third? Yeah, third round. Like, you know, and I understand that's a decent, you know, guys could use that. But yeah. fuck, man. I, I mean, then you go to the other corner. And again, about those two fights that we brought up, Justin is giddy. He's giddy in the fourth round. In between fourth and fifth, he's he's oh man, he's having a good time. Trevor, he brought him back. He goes, yeah. hey, he goes, listen. He goes, remember the last time you got too comfortable? He's like, stay alert. And he told and he brought him back. It was huge. It yeah, was after the huge. Second, after the second or first, he said, hey, 10% less of those punches, man. You're, you're, you're throwing them too big. Because even in the first two, a couple rounds, Tony was still kind of walking him down. And Gaethje was on, the, was, on, was on the back pedal, even though he was landing some good shots and hitting those legs. But Tony was ducking under some of those big, big combos and punches that Justin was throwing. But after that third round, man, which is when he said to go for the start going for the rolls because shit was against the wall at that point. Justin, listen, man, it was awesome to see. When I saw he came back to the to the round, we were and he said, "Hey, good boxing that first round." I said, "Oh, that, that was yeah." Rashad Holloway, oh. his boxing coach, he came back after the first round, and he's beautiful boxing, Tony. That was Eddie, beautiful. Eddie, Eddie Bravo, I believe, said that. No, uh, Rashad Holloway, his sure? boxing coach. Yes, hundred percent sure. Rashad Holloway. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look. Listen. I, I was just back. watching it again. We got to <laughs> well, watch this again. Eddie, Eddie Bravo walked in the later rounds, but the first round was Rashad Holloway who walked in his boxing coach, and he said, beautiful boxing, Tony, beautiful Ed, boxing. Eddie you was know behind, another reason? Matt, Eddie sorry. was behind the cage, and I believe he said, beautiful boxing behind the cage. But hey, Carlos, <laughs> I don't want to draw swords. We just met <laughs> each other. <laughs> Put the baseball back right. down. It's all love, brother. <laughs> Another reason he might have uh, looked slow is because Gaethje got his respect very early. Like, I, I think that's another reason he might have not seen like himself. Like, I mean, Lando Venata's dangerous, but I don't think he hits like Justin Gaethje. So, you know, maybe he looks a little bit more comfortable getting uh, taking a few shots in the first round against uh, uh, Venata than he does Gaethje. I, I don't know if that was Tony being slow or just Gaethje earned his respect fast. And like Lance was just saying, I loved after, I believe it was the third round, I'm not sure of the round, when he said to take off, hey, stop trying, you're yeah. trying to kill him with every shot. Take off 10%, hit him with 30%. Like, he, I mean, I'm telling you, from from not only being in there as a competitor, but being in there as a corner guy, that was some of the best corner work because they were so, yeah. they were so in sync with each other, man. Yeah, I love that. Too. That Trevor Whitman was fucking awesome. Yeah, he yeah. might not be the loudest guy, but he's getting clear. They were in sync with each other, man. Yeah. And that might have made the difference in this fight. Well, two things. One, he's telling him that because it could get him exhausted with putting everything into these punches, but it's also discouraging when you hit a guy with everything you had and he keeps coming. Yeah. So, I mean, I shit, man. I can't wait to get Trevor Whitman on. We're going to pick his brain about this. The yeah. coaching is, is a great part of this game. Um, if you look at the Canelo fight against Triple G, the second one, he goes back to the con corner and his coach in Spanish tells him, you're not going to knock this guy out. You need to be more technical. You need to work on the jab. You can be throwing power punches all the time because you're not going to knock him out. Everybody can get knocked out. And then Canelo Alvarez adjusted and ended up winning that fight, listening to his coaching. So coaching is a big part of this game. And we and Trevor we Whitman showed no it fans. last night. With no fans, though, we really got to see it, which is you know something that we're not privy to all the time. As a competitor, as a corner yeah. guy, you're more used to these conversations and hearing these type of things and being able to recognize good coaches versus not great advice during the fights. Us as fans, it's either they're cutting to Joe or they're cutting to John because it's so loud in there or, you know, they're, whatever the case may be. But we got to hear these conversations and it's eye opening for for fans around MMA to be able to hear these things and um, and, and really understand how important uh, having a great corner is. And I don't feel and again, 
it's, it's rough with me always because I, I have personal relationships with these guys. I know Eddie Bravo a long time. And I feel Eddie's definitely the right guy if he's fighting Habib. If that fight was with Habib, we know where a lot of that's taking place. And Eddie's a fucking yeah. wizard on the floor. That's great. You know what I mean? But Tony, if it's not broke, why fix it? How, he's on an eight-fight, an eight-year win streak. What was it? How many fights? Eight-year eight win streak, I think. Yeah, yeah. 11 12 fights. fights 12. Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. Uh, he was 11, I think, in the division okay. because he fought the catch weight. So, yeah. Okay. Well, the point is, up until now, why change it, man? Why change? Why? Who the fuck does he have to listen to? He's yeah. doing it. He's winning. He's winning, killing everybody. Take the word now, out across his maybe, mouth. Maybe, yeah. maybe it's time to take some – to, to man, I got to – it's good to have more eyes on this thing. You know what I'm saying? Because when you're in there, in it. Like, he's in there. I mean, the stool's down. He's pushing it. Up. Nobody's telling this guy anything, I think. And it's – listen – it's part of the reason he is, he's a, he's a fucking savage and you don't want to take that away from him. You don't want to tame him, but you have to have somebody that could communicate with him sure. in a fight like with this, like this. Cause uh, that's I said, a huge difference, man. I was saying on our podcast, our first episode, stylistically, I much preferred the Ferguson versus Khabib. Cause I thought that Tony could maybe be the one guy to be able to go into Khabib's world and be, and get on the ground and kind of grapple with them and throw some jujitsu in there. And, and and make Khabib stand up, and Tony could use all of the all those tools that he has. But like you said, man, Carlos called it perfectly. He said this guy's been winning for eight years in a row. He's not going to make the adjustments when he gets hit. All these fights, he's standing in front of guys, and Justin is going to make a pay for it. And you can't be more right, man. That's he's what been happened. keeping his chin up for seven years on that twelve fight winning streak. You're not going to change it in an eight week. And it's funny. It's probably going to be Justin Habib next. Justin said, that's who I want. The fight I've been wanting to see, and we have to wrap up, guys, just because we have uh, Walt Harris, I, I think, uh, ready to go. Uh, I wanted to see Connor uh, against uh, Justin, but nobody wants to deal with Justin. But now that he's got the interim belt, people have to deal with him. Um, I would like to see that fight more than Justin Habib and more than Connor Habib. Man, I fucking disagree. I want to see, I want to see Justin Gaethje. I think it's more fascinating Justin Gaethje versus. Habib, who, who was able to look at Justin Gaethje's wrestling, man? He just doesn't use it. He uses yeah. it to stay up. <laughs> Who's laying? When's the last guy that got great on him? You yeah. know? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I think it is a way more intriguing fight with him versus uh, Justin versus Habib. Could Habib do what he does to everybody, take him down? Because he was going to take Tony down. It was a matter of if Tony could do anything off his back. But shit, man, this could he take Justin down? If Justin gets out and gets up, could he put Khabib away? Habib away? Yeah, I mean, listen, I am way I'm excited about this. I want to see Connor go fight Masvidal or Diaz three, and I want to see Gaethje fight Khabib. Yes. Uh, and then if he loses, maybe we even give Tony another shot. I mean, you're giving dudes title shots off losses in three and a half year layoffs. Uh, might as well. It's funny. I don't want to see Connor fight at welterweight again. Um, and, and I have no desire, and I know I'm in the minority too. Like, I, I don't want to see the, uh, uh, Diaz three, uh, even though the first two fights were like, I don't care about that. Um, I would much rather see Masvidal fight Leon Edwards, uh, which again is nowhere near the fight that Connor Leon is for the UFC. Uh, I'm sorry, Connor uh, Jorge. Yeah, I would yeah. much rather see uh, uh, Edwards get that fight with Masvidal, but we'll see. Hey, you listen, guys, man, uh, very fun yeah. talking to you. I'm sorry we don't yes. have longer. It's just our, oh, we, got, we our had a good time, man. We're, we're having fun talking to guys at night time. Usually it's just, it's just us two <laughs> screaming in the house and our wives are kind of listening sometimes. Hey, so. I know we have to go, but. You said about Gaethje and Khabib. Remember, Gaethje hasn't played a wrestler like Khabib. So never, right? The, the level of wrestling, Khabib, is we've never seen anything like it. So 
that's that's yeah, I don't think, so fascinating. I don't uh, think that fight goes like Cormier, Vulcan, Uzdemir, but I don't think it turns out well for Gaethje in that fight. You know, you know, I, mean? I, don't, I don't think it's the second round tap, but I, I don't think that that fight goes that well for Gaethje. And, and, he's got holes and he's rattling hey, too. Hey, hey, Carlos, but when's the last time Habib fought a wrestler though? Nobody wants to arrest. Nobody's getting arrested. Google's a bad thing. All right, Carlos Correa and uh, Lance McMullers. Thank you guys, Lance McMullers Jr. Uh, your podcast is called uh, The Walkout. And uh, where can people get it? And um, when do you put it out? When does it come out? Uh, we're on our socials. My social, um, Lance McCullers 43, his social, Team CJ Correa 1. Uh, we have the Walkout Podcast Instagram as well. It's all over. You can't miss it. YouTube, so Spotify, YouTube, iTunes. Spotify, Apple. We're trying to put things out as fast as possible, but, you know, yeah. we're, just, we're just two cats trying to trying, trying to mix it up. So we're having fun, but um, that's the goal. Have fun and uh, just kind of give our take on, on an amazing sport from, from a baseball perspective. Well, it's really great talking to you guys. I'm sure your podcast is good. You both love the sport. So uh, we'll definitely talk to you again, we hope. All right, guys. Thank you, guys. Yeah. All right. Pleasure, man. Thank you, guys. Take care, guys. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Oh, I love seeing Wall. What's up, buddy? How are you, brother? So excited to watch you fight. Yeah, how does it feel the fight's finally here? Oh, man, I'm pumped, man. I've been waiting on this day for a long time, man. Um, been training for a long time, so I'm excited to get in there and uh, do what I do. Was it was it pushed back? It was again pushed back uh, the second time because of the of the virus, right? When was the when was the second uh, uh, fight supposed to happen? Uh, April the 11th was supposed to be our our reschedule, and then they got canceled. And now we're up, man. So I'm excited. How are you feeling that you're actually like? Is it hard to focus on it, or is it like a godsend to have something to focus on? Man, it's it's a blessing to have something to focus on. Definitely. Um, I've been looking at it. Uh, with a silver line, and that's the kind of guy I am. I've been looking at it like, you know, with no crowd, it takes a lot of the extra added pressure off of me, um, you know, because fight week, um, you know, barring with all, all that happened with my daughter, man, would have been tough having to, you know, constantly run down that road with people talking and hugging and saying they're sorry and stuff like that. Oh, so yeah. It kind of gives me the incentive of, uh, you know, knowing that I'm just going to work, I'm going to do what I love to do, and, uh, you know, not any outside distractions, so it's going to be fun. How did it feel watching the fights? I mean, I assumed you watched the fights the other night. Oh, how did, yeah, for sure. Yeah. How did it feel watching it without an audience? I mean, personally, I loved it. I mean, uh, I, yeah, I thought it was awesome, man. You could hear everything, bro. Like, the Gaethje and uh, Ferguson fight was insane. I mean, you could hear every punch, um, and, and you could hear the corners. You could hear the announcers. So, 
Um, I even heard some guys said that they could hear the announcers during the fight, which is yeah. pretty dope. You know what I mean? I'm always ragging on DC because uh, after the fight, I'll listen to the commentary and he'll have something like slick to say. And I'll, I'll mess with him when I see him. So I'll be messing with him kind of, you know, real time. So it'll be pretty, pretty cool. And what do you think, too, in your division that the uh, Ngannou Rosenstrike was was just, I mean, and, and I thought Rosenstrike actually, because you're fighting Alistair this Saturday, I, I thought Alistair won that fight, and that was an yeah. unfair, uh, I mean, it was just tough luck and bad timing, but I felt bad for Overeem. I thought he won that fight. Yeah, for sure. He dominated that fight, but I mean, it's the highest level, man. You you take one second lapse, and it could be over, especially at heavyweight. Um, with the Rosenstruck fight and and Ngannou, I kind of um, I kind of saw that coming. You know what I mean? To uh, I, I knew Rosenstruck, you know, he's got talent, but I felt like he he, he rose so fast. He it, it just you know it was a little bit too soon for that fight for him. Um, I worked with Francis a little bit um, before the pandemic hit, and I mean he looked good three three four weeks ago. You know, uh, five, yeah, actually longer than that, but. Um, you know, I just kind of thought that it would go that way. I didn't see it 20 seconds, you know, but right. I, I felt like he would he would definitely beat him by knockout. And even if you see it at 20 seconds, it's hard to make that prediction out loud because if you're wrong, a fighter feels so disrespected. Like, th yeah. there's no way to out loud say, like, yeah, I think he'll last maybe 30 seconds. Even if yeah. you think that, you got to kind of keep it to yourself. For sure. Your last fight was fucking beautiful, bro. When you're jumping knee and it was like, what the hell? What did you think? Of Olenek, like just taking out Verdum, like beating Verdum. And that was great. So, and it, there's, it's double. It's a double-edged sword for me in a way, um, as a competitor because I fought Verdum, albeit it was on like 45 minute notice. Yeah, that's but important. I still felt like you know, wow, you know. Then I watch Alexi go in there and do that, and I'm like, that's awesome for me because he beat him. It does. And it's like, uh, I want, I want another crack at uh, Verdum, you know, with a real camp you know I feel well, like I can beat him. yeah it should be mentioned that you did take that fight on literally 45 minutes notice yeah i did i don't know i think we talked to dean thomas too and he was like one of those guys like hey man you gotta seize this opportunity so it might yeah. be dean thomas i'm gonna blame dean thomas for that hiccup yeah <laughs> dean, dean's my guy man like I, when he tells me to do something i i use it on bad knowledge i trust him a lot so yeah, what was, was, the, was what happened with that Verdun fight? Why was that on such short notice? I don't remember. Um, Derek Lewis had a back injury like right oh. before or the day of the fight. And um, uh, we kind of joked around in the locker room about it. Like, hey, they offer us Verdun, we're taking it. And my coaches thought I was kidding. I was like, hell yeah, I'm taking it if they come in there. And I kid you not, within 30 minutes, I was warming up and I hear, uh, Walt, sit down. You know, uh, the fights are being moved back because of Derek's injury. And I looked at my coach at the time, and I go, hey, man, I'm telling you right now, if they come in here and offer me this fight, I'm taking it. And he goes, uh, you sure? And I'm like, yeah, dude. Dana and them come in with cameras, making all them busts in my locker room. And before they could even ask, I'm standing up going, yes. And he goes, you don't even know what we're going to say. And I'm like, yeah, I know exactly what you're about to say. I won't want it. Now, who were you supposed to fight that night? I was supposed to fight Mark Godbeer that night. Oh. And we ended up fighting the next month in uh, New York City. Um, when all of the stuff happened with the guy driving the cart, it was crazy. It was a crazy like two months, man. Yeah, we had the Brooklyn. shooting in Las Vegas. We had the Las Vegas shooting the night I fought Doom. and then the next month I went to New York to refight Godbeer and freaking Godbeer and me. That fight, the cart, the guy drove the the truck down the run path, the, oh, the yeah. trail. Oh, I think I'm sorry. I I thought you meant the problem with uh, in the basement with Connor. I, I, oh, you mean it was an actual a terrorist attack? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. The terrorist was an attack on that running path in New York. Remember? 
The yes. guy drove the uh, the rental truck. Oh, oh shit! It was a crazy bump, man. It was weird. I remember getting. I landed in New York right when that was happening, and I remember seeing black SUVs flying down the uh, interstate. It was crazy, man. It was just like I don't know. It's weird. It was a weird time. Say something interesting too. Sorry, Matt. You What's just that? said that the relief of people not being there because people mean well when they hug you and they say they're sorry. Of course, they're being loving. But after a while, is it is it something that you go like I know you mean well, but it it it's too much. Like let yeah, me just, it can I, be, man. I mean, especially with fight week. Like I like to lock in and focus on positive things, yeah. you know, during my fight week. And you know, although I never stop thinking about my daughter, it's just that emotional roller coaster of people constantly, you know telling you their feelings it makes you think about it whether you want to want to or not so yeah. when i found out that there were going to be no fans I, I was like man that actually is going to work out better for me and because i played my walk out in my head with the crowd and like you know how i would really react and in your mind you tell yourself oh i'll be fine but you never know until you um actually are, are going through it and if it was a packed house and I see people with the shirts and the blue ribbons, I might not respond how I think I'm really going to respond. So right. with no crowd, I'm like, shoot, I'm going to cage. I'm, you know, my daughter's walking behind me. I'm, I'm going in there to get a job done. So, yeah, and with Overeem throwing those giant knees at you, you want to be focused. Exactly. Uh, you, this guy's dangerous. So you want to be 110% locked in, you know, um, at all times. Yeah. You know, you said that, that Overeem – is someone that you've modeled your career after. Mm -hmm. So when you're fighting someone that you respect so much, I don't want to say looked up to, maybe looked up to, you know, you admire his career. How is that mentally? Is it a little mentally bit like a fight? From, um, I mean, I'm a competitor, man, you know, and I feel like it's my time, you know, as much respect as I have for him, I am trying to take him out, you know, because I know he's trying to do the same thing to me. And it's all in the, in the ramifications of the sport. You know what I mean? I'm going to fight him. I'm going to give him my best because I feel like he deserves that. He's done so much in this sport. Um, he's meant so much to my career. And, you know, me as a fan as well, I, I I respect him in that aspect. So me giving him anything less than my best is a disrespect to me. So um, that's kind of how I approach it, you know, how I've trained and how I've worked to get to this point. And, you know, like I said, I'm fighting for more than just the – the fight now it's it's for my daughter man so i'm i'm driven by something different so i gotta go in there and give my all no matter what no matter what the chips fall does it does it uh does it change your when anything i, I mean i can't think of anything that is awful as that but does it change your perception on what fighting means or, or on what a win means or what a loss means yeah, for sure for sure um it used to be man for me fighting was about like i said competing and being the best at what I do. It's a macho bravado thing when you first yeah. start. It's like, you know, hey, we two men, I'm not going to let you beat my ass. I want to go in there and show you I'm better than you. And then when you realize that you're actually, you know, um, you know, making your way through the sport and you're getting better, what you end up wanting to do is um, win a title, you know, and be a champion. But for me now, it's not so, it's about that always, you know, it's about the making money. I love making money. You know, but for me, at the end of the day, it's about putting on my best foot forward for my daughter and showing people that you can go through the worst adversity in your life and still find a way to succeed and push and, and chase your dreams. And um, I think she's motivated me more than I've ever been. Motivated. I train hard all the time and try to, you know, set myself apart from most heavyweights or what people think most heavyweights are. 
but with this, it's just giving me something something extra, man. It's it's, it's crazy. I, it's hard to explain at times. Uh, speaking of kids, I heard you do a lot of like like as a father. I want to watch your TikTok videos, and I'm not on TikTok. <laughs> I heard you're all over that. <laughs> Bro. I love that shit. Bro, the when, quarantine has got me it? so hyped, bro. It, like, I literally hated TikTok. And then yeah. we went into quarantine, and I was like, man, I'm bored as crap. So I had the app, but I never really went on it. And then I started scrolling, and, man, some of this stuff on here is just genius. So I said, you know what? Let me jump in and see, try my hand at it. And I just kind of have fun with it. It's something to do with my kids sometimes. Or, you know, when I'm just kind of bored, I'll just jump on there and record something crazy. And people seem to like it. You know, I'm getting better at it. It took me a little bit to learn how to use it and edit it and all that stuff. But, you know, I'm, I'm having fun with it, man. When you watch it, you're right. There are people, you realize how many funny people, like there are some really creative people Very. that like that dumb song by The Weeknd, like I never liked The Weeknd and, and now it's all over TikTok. Dun, 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 and I love it. Like same watching what coach, people, man. You're the same as my, my coach hated The Weeknd, but he loves that bright light, shiny light song. Yeah. Um, you know, he ate that TikTok up. So, you know, we just, just having fun, man. Just trying to, you know. Stay positive and, and, and keep pushing forward, man. So TikTok's been really good for me mentally, you know, especially days I'm having off days or stressed. Are you lucky and not lucky? Are you glad in a way that during this pandemic, uh, the guy you have to train for is primarily a striker? Um, it, it may, I wonder if your training is a lot better now than it would be for a jujitsu guy. Well, yeah, um, but the, the the secret now that, you know, things are calming down, I ain't stopped training, man. We've been... Yeah, we've been I mean, grinding, bro. We've been we've been locked in, bro. So, it, I'm I'm working on every aspect of my game, man. Uh, my coach Chris is a genius, man. He's so I think the more I progress and Eric progresses, Eric Anders, I think that yeah. he's going to get a lot more notoriety for just how great of a mind he is. Um, Chris Conley is is a special coach, and we have an extremely really uh, great bond, you know. Um, it, it, it's it's a lot like m myself and Dean Thomas. Um, when I was at top team, Dean was my go-to guy. You know, yeah. Dean was the guy who was more hands-on with me. He, me and him are very like-minded. We we spent a lot of time just sitting on the mats and dissecting fighting. And um, that's kind of what me and Coach Chris are. We've always had that relationship my whole career. Me and Coach Chris, I was just at another gym, and but me and him always have been always have been close. Um, and he's always helped me with different aspects of my game. So we've been doing that since the pandemic hit. We were in Vegas right before it hit, training together real hard. So it's just been uh, a great a great marriage, man. And um. We, we grind it, man. Coach Chris is about his business. He don't stop training, man. Every day, every day. You, Walt, we were talking about it earlier, and this is great. I love the way you're talking about your coach because you really have to be – like, listen, you're going to war, man. You're going to battle when you're in that cage. You have to have somebody that you, you trust. You trust what they're saying to you in the corner. Exactly. You have another pair of eyes, and you trust him because he knows you in and out. Yeah. With that fight with with uh with, with uh Ferguson versus Gaethje, I really I can't say enough about Trevor Whitman. I thought I mean, did you see that corner work? I mean, they they were just so insane. They were synced up, bro. It, it was beautiful to watch. Um, you know, it, it, that fight for me, Tony Ferguson is is he's up. He's at the top of the top for me. Yes. No matter what the outcome was. That dude's heart is on a whole nother level. Yeah. Um. And and Gaethje showed me something that I kind of already knew was in him. Um. I've been a fan of his since he was in World Series of Fighting, and and I just he's just a stud. And he took it to another level the other night, man. It was impressive. It was super impressive. 
And I, yeah. It, yeah, I think a lot of that has to do with his coach, not mm-hmm. not just the training they're putting in, but in the fight itself. I can't get over that last round when he was when Gush, Justin was was just giddy, and Trevor had to just bring him back and be like, mm-hmm. hey. Remember the last time you got too comfortable? Yeah. And, and Justin, right, without even missing a beat, because he's like, he's like, yeah, I lost, I lost twice. Like he knew he, they were right there. He brought him back, and then he went on to, to, to the way it finished. And I'm telling you, every time I talk about it, I get goosebumps. Yeah, man. I felt like I was in it. I felt it yeah. was so great. And it's and, cool and it's, because there was, you could hear it all. Yes. You, know, you could all, you, you could absorb it all. It's almost like we're really sitting in the cage with them, or we're in the corner with them. I think that's the best part of no fans, man. It's gonna give casual fans a real inside look at what we deal with in those corners in between those rounds and, and i think uh you know it's special man the ufc is really doing something bigger than just putting on sports again it's giving people an inside look at the life of a guy who's putting everything on the line for one moment you know what i mean i think that's something to be said you know it's special especially with all these yeah. times we're going through man you got guys that are putting their lives on the line not only to uh, you know to, to further their careers, but to to give people some solace and and, and it, it's got layers, man. I'm a deep I'm a deep thinker, man. So I pull back all the layers when I see things, man. And I'm I'm just excited to be a part of this organization, and I'm grateful for what Dana's doing for us. Well, well before we let you go, what did, what did you do before you fought? Um, I was a I played ball, of course, but I mean I, I was a furniture mover for about seven or eight years, man. And uh, <laughs> I can see you. I can see I'm, you lifting the fucking couch or something. No bro, problem. Put it on your I back. Some, I had some moves, man, that were just terrifying. And I'm glad I don't have to do that anymore. Thank God. How much did it suck with there be a little guy on the crew with you? Like you oh. know, if it's you and some five six guy, you're doing the heavy work. Oh, Why, for sure. Why five, I had a guy. We called him Spider Man, and he he was a rock climber. But he was our truck organizer, and this dude could pack a truck like I've never seen, bro. He could take two houses and shove them into one twenty-eight footer, bro. Was, oh, really? Yeah, this dude was called him. His name was David, but he was he was unbelievable. He was tiny, but he could lift. I mean, he, you know, it's it's always it's always a good memory to think about those days because that that keeps me working hard, so I don't have to go back to it. You're not going back there, dude, especially after that flying knee on Olenek's head. <laughs> Let's see if we can get another one of those next on Saturday. Dude, how much did it suck for me if they moved furniture with roaches on it? My my friend's family owned a place, and they and they got roach infested by the tenant, and and the movers dropped the furniture because there was roaches all over it. I had a, I had a nest. I've seen a couple nests in um what's the not the real wood? It's the fake wood. Um, you don't know talk press board. We oh. had press board that got wet, and we went to pick it up, and it exploded, and roaches came just flying out, bro. It was the most disgusting thing ever. Um, I don't miss those moves at all. No. <laughs> that'll, that'll, that'll keep, that'll get you up to do the road work in the morning. Oh, for sure. I'm, I'm going to hit a couple miles right away, bro, just to stay away from that. Man. I'm oh, grateful for it though. Cause it taught me, it taught me some things for sure. Well, we're happy this fight is happening. Uh, why, well, you know, everybody loves you and, and we're happy to see you fighting again. And, and this, uh, Saturday, you and Overeem, the main event, uh, very exciting, uh, fight and uh, good luck, man. We we hope thank you so home. much, man. Matt, it's yeah, always man. good to see you, bro. Jim, you too, hey, buddy. I'm a big fan, Jim. Dude, you're a funny dude, bro. Oh, thank you, all. Thank dude, you. I, quarantines, I've seen a lot of the stuff, <laughs> bro. So, you know, I'm I'm not trying not to fan out. Like I'm trying to keep it low key and like you know. Thank you, man. But, hey, I appreciate pleasure, you guys man. so much. Hey, thank y'all. Whether thank the you. social distancing is uh, done or not, when I see you, I'm I'm hugging bro, you. You already <laughs> know, bro. I need a big. I need one of those big massive bear hugs. I want double unders. Uh, I want double unders and everything, bro. We all love. We love you, Walt. Love you, bro. We'll Take care, buddy. Talk to y'all soon. All right. Good luck, Walt. Take care. 
a great guy, man. Yeah, what a great, what a great nice guy. guy in the UFC than Walt Harris. I'll, I'll tell you, every time I see the guy, it's the same thing. Just a big smile, and then I'm I'm a hugger. So I'm going in, and I'm hugging that dude. I really like that guy a lot, you know. So and he's an intelligent guy, man. Intelligent yeah. guy. Jimmy, I'm fascinated. Whenever guys like the movers, like I literally, I'll never forget watching that sofa get dropped with roaches on it. And I'm like, these movers have to put up with shit. You'd never, it would never occur to me that they're dealing with people's dirt bed bugs. You know, all I these. Like, I like that you brought up, uh, you know, to ask what he'd done before. Cause I knew he played ball, but I didn't know that about the, uh, the moving and whatnot of, of uh, being a, uh, have to move furniture and stuff like that. I, uh, it, it re- as a fighter, like you remember what you did before. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like me with the security guard shit. I'm like, yo, you don't, it, it's such a great motivator. You know what I mean? When, like you don't really have a net. You know what I mean? When you're like, there's no plan B and I'm not going back to that. It does motivate you to get your work in. You know, you're right. I drove a forklift and, and it's, this is what a humble guy Walt is. I say, what did you do before? And of course he played ball, but he talks about moving longer. He's like, I played ball, but I was a mover. Like he, he does, he goes to something else as opposed to just talking about the, the glorious uh, job. Well, I mean, you know what happens if you ever not couldn't fight anymore. If you say, "Oh, you got to go back to play ball," that wouldn't be so bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you start. That's what what sticks out in your head is the shitty ass job. You know what yeah, I mean? A hundred percent, the shitty jobs you've had. <laughs> but uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, some of the fights before we sure. get here because it's been a great show so far. Amazing. I love those guys. I love Carlos and Lance. We're, we're, hey. we're great. For, uh, the walkout podcast and, and Walt Harris, of course, is Walt they, Harris. They, they were fun to talk to. They were They're knowledgeable. Great. You know? Yeah, they loved it. You tell they loved and, the sport. And then they had a good they had good uh, sense of humor too. But a couple of things. Uh Carla Espaza versus um our our friend Karate Hottie, Michelle yeah. Waterson. Uh it was a split decision. I'm okay with the decision, Jimmy. And I love me. We love Michelle Waterson. Yeah. Uh, I felt that she did not do enough to uh, earn that that fight. Carla, um she 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 did more. I mean, whether she did anything on the ground or not, she still got the takedown. Uh, there was not enough that la- what landed. I think she probably landed better on the feet too. I'd have to. I think that what the shame is. I think Michelle has the ability to put her foot where she wants it. To has the ability. She has all these techniques. But it was almost kind of like the question I asked when she was on with us. Like, do you feel it's frustrating? Or do you feel you're going to be a little hesitant with letting your strikes go, knowing Carla wants to put you down on the ground? And yeah, I think that's kind of what we saw. It's a, you, it's hard to get your timing off, knowing this girl's going to look to blitz and go underneath. And she did a few blitzes that she went off on. Yeah. And then I think the reason why you're not seeing Michelle counter is because she goes, okay, the second I go back at her, she's going to look to shoot. But she doesn't shoot. She just goes on unleashes like a fury of punches, and some get through because you're thinking she's going to do something else. So, listen, it was a frustrating fight for uh, Michelle, and it sure. And I can understand her being a little frustrated with that. And if it would have went her way, I've seen worse decisions. Sure. But I was. It was the way it went. I was okay with that. You By know, the way, can, what it what? This is why you gotta love Dana. Uh, Uriah Hall, Jacare, of course, canceled because Jacare and two of his cornermen, I think, tested positive for COVID, and they're getting paid anyway. Dana said they're getting paid anyway, which is great because fighters will at least know that if they're willing to come and fight, that something that is so beyond people's control is not going to cost them, you know, uh, you know, all that money they put into camp. So I'm real. What a nice decision. Uh, That's that's, great. Yeah. 
they do the right thing. Yes. Uh, Anthony Pettis versus uh, uh, Donald Cerrone. Um, yeah, it, it felt like a sparring match to me. I was watching. Yeah. Kind of, I mean, it was fun. Yeah, you know, it was I fun. Yeah, I thought Pettis. I, I thought Pettis definitely won. Um, I thought Cowboy looked really good in the third, if I remember correctly. But I thought twenty nine twenty eight was fine. It was good. It was funny right afterwards. He's like, no, no, that was a punch I hit you with. And meanwhile, it was an eye poke. That was, they were having a friendly right. discussion. He's like, man, that eye poke. He goes, no, nah, that was a punch. Run it back. And then DC and Joe are like, I don't think he's going to allow us to want us to run that back. But I don't know. Listen, who knows what, what kind of difference it made at that point. I mean, but the thing is, uh, I agree with the decision. Yeah, Anthony Pettis, you know, he, he outpointed him, you know. Um, what else? What other fights? Oh, Calvin Cater versus Jeremy Stevens. Much respect to Jeremy Stevens, the way he came out like a fucking savage, a beast. But yep. I remember watching it, and I'm like, he is looking great. He's he's doing he's doing what Jeremy Stevens does. Shows no fear. He looked great. But I remember seeing Calvin in those exchanges, and where people can get panicky when they're pressured like that. Yeah. Never saw Calvin get get flustered. Get, 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 like, get sure. that anxiety of, ah, where's the punch? He was rolling with shit, sh- coming back when he had to, getting back on the bike a little to get some space. And then when he was, I was, it was just me and my wife. My kids were running around, but I was telling him, I go, look at the straight right he's doing. Look at the, when he, look at the measured straight right. I go, that lands. I go, you know, shit. And you know, my wife's undefeated kickboxer. Yes. <laughs> she had one fight. But anyway, no, but I can talk to her. So, she, you know, but it's so- always not the best part of it. Here's the best part of your wife kickboxing. There's two parts. If she's out without you and <laughs> someone gives her a hard time, she can defend herself. But most importantly is if you're watching UFC, she'll sit down and be able to watch it and you won't have to convince her to watch UFC. She probably likes to watch fights. I tell her, I go, you are a combat athlete. She's like, I had one kickboxing match. I go, an amateur. I go, it doesn't matter. You got in there under the lights and you fought. But anyway, uh, no, I, me and my wife, we, we could watch the fights for sure. So, you know, and then, man, Calvin, when he started landing, he started throwing great combinations. Yeah. And they were slick. And I'm like, and I thought it was going to go the way I predicted. That third, I go, he's going to catch up to him by the third. But he caught him a little sooner. And uh, I can't say enough about Calvin Cater. I think he's just looking awesome. And I think he's a very down to earth yeah. guy. He's like, look, I'm starting to put this all together, and every, these guys are going to be in trouble. And it looks like that. It yeah. looks that way. It I definitely can't wait, does. I can't wait to see what next for him. That fight was exactly what we expected yeah. out of that fight. You it know what really I mean? It really was. Yeah. And again, Jeremy Stevens. I mean, look, he got taken out, but that guy, there's no dude, no retreat, no surrender with that yeah. dude. You yeah, know, no. he's going forward. And Jerry, I every time I think of Jerry Stevens, I'm still smiling because the guy yeah. is. Talk about just going out on your shield, man. That dude just don't. I love it. I think he has lost four straight, but or he's winless in four. But it doesn't matter. I'll still watch him. This is a guy like Justin Gaethje. Like when he loses, he loses like a like an animal in a fist fight. Like like guys like that, you you always want to see them uh, do do well. But you'll always watch them, even if they take a couple of losses, because their fights are always exciting. He's never in a fight that sucks ever. Jimmy, before I forget. And you know I could be forgetful. That's like, okay. We all can. Uh, we have to mention the great George St. Pierre being inducted yes. into the UFC Hall of Fame. If I had an applause button, I'd hit it. I think George is one of the best who ever fought. Uh, who, I mean, he's just – and he's such a class act. And knowing George the way I do, he's such a nice guy. Yeah. I mean, that word gets used a lot with a lot of people. Oh, he's a nice guy. George is like a sweet guy. Like, yeah, but 
he's a bad, bad dude in the octagon. And you'd never know it by meeting him and shaking his hand and talking to him. He's soft-spoken. I ran into George at at Hensel Gracie's Academy. Uh, It was over the – that was probably a few months ago, whenever it was. And we had nothing but – but but handshakes and hugs and good, yeah. talking and he's such a good guy. I'm so happy for him. Obviously, it was inevitable. Everybody knew he was going in. But, uh, yeah. uh, you know, I'm happy for the guy. And I think he's just such a great guy. And, you know, one of the best. I ever. agree. I'm, I'm happy for him, too. And um, I'm looking forward. Like, by the time you and I talk, there's still we have another card to cover. On Wednesday, we're going to cover Teixeira. And Anthony Smith, as well as some more talk about uh, Walt Harris and Overeem. And uh, there's a bunch of really, really good fights to cover on the next episode. And um, if you want to see the Chipperson podcast, there's a new one up. Uh, And listen, thank you to uh, Walt Harris. And I really enjoyed um, Carlos and and Correa. And uh, Lance, uh, I should probably have his name in front of me. I really suck as a host. Wait, 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 you're talking about – oh, you're talking about our guests? Our guests, yeah, and Lance McCullough. Oh, Lance McCullough's, yeah. McCullough's yeah. I like those guys. I could talk to those guys again. They were pleasant. They were great. Yeah, yeah. I would definitely talk to them again. Yeah, me too. Uh, Jimmy, before I let you go, what time are the fights on Wednesday? Because they're going to hear – are they going to be able to hear our podcast before the fights? That's a good – I'm sure they are. I mean, there's no way they'll do them because our podcast comes out pretty early. I'm going to guess that they're 8 o'clock. Let's see. Hold on now. Oh, nine o'clock. Okay. All right, Jimmy. So, I mean, listen, but that card, again, like you said, it's um, Anthony Smith versus Glover Teixeira. Yep. Did I kill his name? I love Glover. Glover Teixeira, uh, yeah. Uh, ben Rothfall versus uh, o- 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 OSG. O- yes. Yes. Uh, of course, uh, we just had Alexander Hernandez on, and he's fighting versus Drew Dober. Ray Borg versus Ricky Simone. Uh, and then uh, Carl Robinson versus, oh, I love this Italian. Marvin Vittori, who is uh, – that dude is good. He's really good. We haven't seen yeah. enough of him. Why don't we get Marvin on? Oh, he's got a fight coming up. We'll get him on after. Uh, listen, I can't wait, Jimmy. Then we got fights on Saturday. I'm so happy. Yeah, I'm very, very do, psyched Jimmy. too. Yes, you I'm know? very psyched. I, you know, I mean, bike rides, Uno games, VR, I love it all. Ozark. Wow. I've been watching Ozark. And I've been watching Vikings, Jimmy. Yes, you have. The sixth season just came out. Jimmy. I miss you. I All miss right, you, listen. Uh, I will talk to you on Wednesday. I had a hell of a hell of a good time talking to you today. And guys, in the upcoming weeks, I want Trevor Whitman on. How can we have him on next week on Monday's show? I know there's gonna be winners on these shows that uh, cards coming up. We have to talk to a lot of people. I want to talk to Trevor Whitman. Do I have to call him by myself? I'll talk to him off air. I want to fucking talk to this guy. I love this corner work. Sorry, yeah. Jimmy. Yeah, I, I, don't be sorry. You're up. right, Jimmy. Yeah. Four shots of espresso today, because I'm I'm just hyped up. That's okay. You sound good, Jimmy. I'm gonna talk to you by Wednesday, buddy. Yes, you will. And uh, talk to you soon, man. And enjoy your uh, enjoy your week. You too, brother. Take care, everyone. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.